0: The Water with Lemon podcast. This is Emma Cook, your host. I am super pumped that you are listening. On this episode of Water with Lemon, I'm chatting with Stephanie Lee. Steph is a wife, mom, and the founder of the UR Conference. Steph shares her story of freedom from worldly passions and talks with us about how to be free from shame and the bondage of sin. I am praying for God to speak to your heart through her story and that he would reveal areas of your life where you might be in bondage and in need of healing from shame. Be refreshed, my people. Hey, Steph. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Absolutely. I'm so glad.
1: Really excited. So
0: excited to have you. Would you just tell us a little bit about yourself and what life uh, looks like for you these days?
1: Absolutely. Well, I actually, um, so I have four kiddos and I homeschool them in this season of mm-hmm. life. So we're not the diehard homeschool family, but we kind of take year by year. And so we're homeschooling right now. So I have an 11 year old, so a fifth grader, mm-hmm. an eight year old, a third grader, and then a kindergartner who's six and a little boy who's three. So two girls and two boys and get to stay home with all of them. And then, you know, we're entering into the sports world and, Get to be married. Oh boy. Yeah,
0: lots of lots of stuff.
1: Yeah, it's been great. And I turned 40 next week.
0: There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's super fun. What caused you to homeschool your kids? Because I know a lot of families that like, it was clearly like the Lord's calling on their heart to start homeschooling their kids. So was it like that? For yeah, you? you
1: know, um, early on, before I had kids, I was exposed to some families that were just incredible that I I didn't know anything about homeschooling growing up. I was in the public school system, had a great experience and just got to know some families that were really (laughs) exceptional families where they they were cool and fun and um, and they loved learning and they got to experience life together. And so that inspired me for sure. But, in my journey, with all of it, I've realized more and more that it's a call. Like it's not a good mm-hmm. idea. like it's if if God calls me to it, then there's grace for it, and I'm excited to do it. But, Um, whenever the Lord says to be done with it, then I'm, I'm happy to do that too. So it is, it's a really, I mean, it's a big gift. My husband works and travels some. And so we're able to travel with him and just have the flexibility to go with him. And that's important. They're still young. They're all elementary school aged. And so, um, we, we, We're believing that probably by the time they hit high school, they'll be going to something different, um, just so so that we're not sending them off to college from homeschool. Um, Even though I know that there's some homeschool families that do that, but I think we're we're under the impression that the Lord's probably going to help us to integrate our kids into a different school setting before they go to college. So we're just enjoying it while we can. It's fun. That's good
0: that you have to have, or you get that extra time with your kiddos and just getting to know, especially in this age. Feel like they're all at a really good they age are.
1: it's really fun it's really fun I had a family friend of ours years ago that just you know a lot of people are worried about all the play dates their kids are a part of and she said and those things are important and good but um a lot of times I just want to focus on my kids liking each other I'm like yes that's a good idea because when they're adults they will still be in a relationship but you know how many friends we have in life how we don't really even keep up with anymore so
0: that's so true it's the only friendship that you can't get away with or get away from, <laughs> right.
1: right? Yep. No, no getting away from family in that way, in a good way. So they're sweet yeah. together. Good friends.
0: So I first, uh, I guess, heard of you or knew about you through UR. I went that first year, Haley and I went together to UR. I don't even remember how I heard about it, honestly. I was trying to think back to when I heard about it. But. It was really cool, and it was a really good uh, season of my life to be able to go and experience uh, what I experienced there. So, can you tell us a little bit about the UR conference, how you started it, and how the Lord gave you vision for yeah. it? Yeah,
1: you know, I was—I had um, two children and a newborn at the time, and I was really not thinking much about conferences or you know anything like that. And but I was really praying. Um, for the girls that I was leading and our small group and uh, a ministry that I was a part of. And, um, and so it was great. You know, I went from a moment where I was praying for girls that I knew to, to really a moment where I, I really sensed the Lord speak into my heart clearly, you know, and just saying, this is what's on my heart. And he talked to me about Isaiah 43 and, mm-hmm. um, and, and really it was just a simple, um you know scripture nudge and then his heart for generations denominations coming together and so in a moment it was like this my heart was just started to kind of i mean i don't know how to describe it other than kind of like just awaken to this vision of what could god do if generations and denominations came together um you know women from all over you know um older, younger life experience, all the stuff came together. It was a moment for me where I can probably count that on one hand, how many times where I felt like the Lord spoke something and I was sure that I was sure that I was sure that it was the Lord, you know? And so I went from there, I was actually drying my hair when when, (laughs) when that happened and I dry my hair upside down. So I was drying my hair and that's when the Lord really, um, really just spoke to my heart. And so I went and journaled it and I was kind of like, I don't really want to do this. You know, like I am really tired and <laughs> I don't know how. And, um, and so I shared it with my husband and I just started praying about it. And I really started studying the scriptures about um, Isaiah 43. And, um, I told a good friend of mine, Ashley Bresson who, um, mm-hmm really makes things happen. I mean, I'm definitely a visionary person and she is a nuts and bolts kind of girl and she's Mm. a precious gift to my life. And so I shared it with her. She began praying along with me and it was probably about, I don't know, six to eight months later when I really felt like it was like, okay, it's time to roll this out and really start gathering leaders and um, from all the different churches, women, leaders from different churches and ministries and life experience that I personally knew and we get gathered in a living room and just said here's this vision I don't know what it's supposed to look like do you guys want to do it with me and it was that's how it started I mean it was kind of a you know organic type thing if you want to call it that
0: yeah that's so cool though I remember you talking about that picture of you blow drying your hair and being like what lord I feel like that's me every time in, in the shower <laughs> I know that's weird, but that's like where the Lord talks to me most. I do my best thinking there, but I love that. That's so cool. And especially how he orchestrated all of those people um, with different skills and talents to be able to come alongside your vision and how that worked together.
1: A hundred percent. I mean, you are, would not be in existence without the team that has been a part of it from day one, honestly. I mean, the prayer and the people I mean, that's that's what has caused um, you are to be what it is. You know, God's just used His His people to bring it to to be. So I love it. I'm so thankful to get to be a part of it for sure.
0: Totally, totally, it's so awesome. Could can you pinpoint something that was really difficult or a difficult part of starting you? Um,
1: you know, I think one of the most difficult things, um, on my end was trying to communicate the vision in like a three sentence thing. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like when I just want to be like, this is what I really think the Lord's doing and la la la, you know, and just kind of carry on like I'm in a conversation and, and having to write it down or put it in a, in a tagline, you know, it's like, Oh, I don't know how to do it, but just experience it. And so I think for me and my personality and my gift set, that was hard. That was difficult for me. And then also I think it was interesting for me starting a conference with different denominations and, and different people from different backgrounds, really trying to communicate the heart to, um, to people that I couldn't be in a conversation with. I I don't know how to describe it, but, but in a video Mm -hmm. or in a, in a, you know, in some sort of marketing material, it's hard to communicate to so many different people, like there's a place for you here and you matter. And I, we really need your generation or your voice or your perspective with us. You know, yes. so I think yeah. that's still actually something that we're continuing to grow in. And I'm really thankful to get to do that and trust the Lord to do it. I mean, it's, it's his, it's his thing from the beginning, you know, but but it is, it's a difficult thing to try to communicate in a way that summarizes kind of such a big event, in a way that that, that captures I mean, what God's doing. So, yeah.
0: yeah, especially maybe in a college town where there's a lot of college kids trying to reach out to all the families, because there are so many that are there, mm-hmm. um, so many women of all ages that are there to be able to reach out to them. That this is not just something for college That's kids. It you think that's something that you struggle with? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. In fact, it was so funny because whenever we would go to, to different women's groups, we, we had a brunch for women ministry leaders and it was so funny because they were like, so this isn't just for college students. You know, there's lots of questions about this isn't a college student. And he's like, no, actually, you know, <laughs> it's for right. everyone. We want college students there for sure. But and so it's been pretty incredible to see, you know, over the last few years, this is, we just finished our fourth conference and, um, and it's been incredible to see we've had 17 year olds up to 83 year olds come and in between and you know that's just grown you know that that gap and in, and in the, in the numbers or the ages within that gap has grown every year it's precious really people are mm-hmm. catching the vision of how much we need each other and want each other's perspectives
0: i love that it's just showing the lord's favor in it all absolutely
1: right? yeah it's the lord breathing on it and really stirring up hunger that, you know, that we're all facing the Lord. And when we all are looking at the Lord, it's like, what do you have for us, God? You know, it's the Isaiah 6. Here here am I. Send me. You know, what do you want us to do? So it's pretty fun.
0: Is there something about you, are that has been super rewarding? Oh, my
1: goodness. I mean, a zillion things. You know, we send out um, surveys at the end. And so we get so many testimonies yeah. back. Things that you don't even know to pray for. I mean, families restored, um, you know, marriages that were on the brink that, um, were totally healed, you know, or physical healing, you know, people that go to the prayer rooms and get physical healing and will send us emails, you know, months later, or,
0: um,
1: we've had multiple women that were barren that could not have children that came with the hope of, um, that God would would open up their womb. And miraculously, they did. I mean, one, I knew from a long time had gone through lots of different things, even like IVF and all the different things. And she ended up naturally getting pregnant. I mean, it's just incredible, wow. miraculous things, you know, and then people that were on the streets weeks before, totally given their lives to Jesus. And, uh, and then, you know, have it being blessed with jobs and homes and cars. I mean, there's just so many things where the Lord connects just this past you are. One of the sweetest things for me was uh, two different people came having never come before. They met during one of the times where we kind of had a break and we have a market that meets kind of out yeah. you know, in the mm-hmm. gathering areas. And these two women, one was uh, a widow who uh, was retired and came, you know, just from a friend. And then another one was the first time she had just moved here. And they connected and they had so many things in common and both had been praying and hoping to connect with someone one, you know, the younger one hoping to connect with someone older that she could go with, you know, that her her grandmother had just passed and all these different precious blessings. And the older one really wanting to connect, but feeling kind of irrelevant, like maybe someone younger Mm -hmm. wouldn't want to get to know her. They connected and have hung out. I mean, even to the point of like their family. I mean, it's just like. Thank you, Lord. You know, you, the only way that kind I of connection that. happen is the Lord. You know, among a thousand of women, you know, here they are just meeting in the hall. So love it.
0: That's incredible. Yeah, all of those things you can only say, only, only the Lord. The Lord. Right? Absolutely,
1: yeah. You give the Lord space, and it's like, oh my goodness, you do more than we can ask or imagine. You that's know, that's
0: incredible. I love the ministry.
1: Thank you, thanks, Emma.
0: So one of the biggest desires I have. For This podcast is being able to highlight different stories of women, whether that's from ladies in their 20s all the way up to older, wiser women, just for people to be able to for me to be able to create a platform for them and to talk with women who are older and wiser to be able to say, okay, they've been through this and know what it's like. Or to come alongside girls who are our age um, and to talk about things that are going on. So, would you share your story with us? Um, how you came to know the Lord? Sure.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I grew up um, really in a home where following Jesus wasn't normal. Um, we would go to church on kind of holidays, you know, or more than holidays, but not like a we. None of us really had a relationship with Jesus, you know. So, um, anyway, I was exposed starting in high school more to youth group life and I actually, um, you know, was just involved in Christian type things in high school, but I really didn't have a relationship with the Lord until college and, So what that looked like for me in high school, well, really growing up, I was a dancer. I danced ballet, tap jazz, you know, lyrical, contemporary, modern, all this stuff. And I loved it. And, you know, I was really, that was what I gave my life for in a lot of ways. And then, so I did that. And then I was very much into popularity or like I had boyfriends all the time and that kind of stuff. So Anyway, um, so when I went to college, I did go to college on a dance scholarship and was sort of in my mind, living the dream. Like I was, I was doing what I was hoping to get to do. And I started dating an NFL quarterback. And um, he was drafted while we were dating. And he was sort of my dream guy in every way. And um, we sort of decided, yeah, Christianity's great. Sounds good. You know, it w- it wasn't like that's our lives are for Jesus or anything like that. But we we're really living for the world in every way. And so, um, I the way I would describe it, looking back now in the season of life that I'm in now, I would say I was living in a way that was my goals were all world worldly goals. You know, and I was succeeding in in extreme ways. You know, I was living the life living the dream, you know, popularity, awards, titles, all the things. And, um, and so at the end of um, my freshman year, the summer before my sophomore year, um, still, you know, NFL world, winning titles, those kinds of things in the dance world, um, I found out I was pregnant. And so it was one of those things where it was a shocker in every way. Long story short, my boyfriend and I decided that um that I would have an abortion and it was and I had been in the church enough to know that was sort of one of the worst kind of decisions you could make but I was faced with this place of well let's just do what's best for us you know kind of a thing so I did and um and so but we decided that to keep it a secret forever like it was one of those no one ever needs to know we'll get married we'll have a family when we want to that kind of decision Mm -hmm. so anyway um so really after that decision, I really tried to start kind of numbing my, myself in a lot of ways, um, yeah. drinking more, you know, partying a lot more than I had um, and still doing the NFL life, going back and forth, school, all the different things. And um, anyway, but, I, but slowly my heart was just becoming um, like harder and more just distant from anything that symboled life you know, so I had a friend of mine from high school, her name was Lisa. And um, she prayed for me, she would leave me notes on my car, they'd be like, I saw you dance, I love you, just want to let you know, I love you, you know, well, Lisa really loved Jesus. And I knew that she had been, um, you know, in a group that really was, you know, lovers of God, you know, it wasn't just like religious, but they really loved God. And they were pure. And, anyway so one night I was at a party and um, the way I would describe it now is literally the Holy Spirit opened my eyes to what was true in a moment of whoa like this is not who God is this is not who what he has for my life and I just started crying so I, um, I went into my room and called Lisa she was the only person I knew to even call and was just like hey Lisa I know this is crazy but can you come and pick me up at this party? And so she did. And we drove around for a few hours and, um, and I really just started confessing my life, my sin to Lisa, just mm-hmm. all the different things, all the craziness that i had been doing. And in that time, um, you know, she listened and she was gracious. And at the end, you know, I was kind of like, what do you think? You know? And, uh, and really what she offered me was so wise. And she just said, you know, the grace of God, is totally enough for you but you mm-hmm. have to be willing to exchange your life like you can't hold on to the things that you want necessarily you know and so of course i was like well what do you mean you know what what exactly are you talking about
0: you know <laughs> what do i have to give up exactly here?
1: is it going to be worth it for me and she was wise and she just said you know you may have to give up your relationship and i just really wasn't willing honestly i mean it was my it was my idol. It was my thing. That no, this is what my life is wrapped up in. Is this boy mm-hmm. and this lifestyle and this um, status and you know all the different things. And so, um, so she was wise and didn't try to like just make my conscience, you know, sear it a little bit. It was almost like she just said, "Yeah, you know, like it's your choice. It's your choice. But God's grace is enough for you, Steph." And so. The next couple weeks, I really was just a mess because I knew it was in my court, you know, to make the decision. It was like, it's the balls in my hand. I can do what I want with it. And I, I'm really being faced with a decision of what I, what do I want to do with it? And so, um, Mm -hmm. So anyway, two weeks later, she asked me to go to this good Friday service. And, um, and at the good Friday service, the Lord just radically captured my heart that night in a, in a supernatural way. Really? I mean, there was worship and there was a video, and there was a speaker, but none of those things really stood out as much as it was. The Lord captured my heart. And I just went and, um, bowed down underneath like real life size crosses at the top of a hill. And, mm-hmm. um, and just really confessed my sin to the Lord. And, just told him that I was sorry. And I knew, I mean, I was being washed and I was being made new in those moments. And I just wept and wept and wept. And I got up and the only people were, that were left in the whole place were the people that were cleaning up and Lisa and her friends <laughs> her friend Jenny. And I found out later that Lisa and Jenny, her roommate had committed to pray for me every single day since my freshman year. And, um, and so I, I a hundred percent believe there were probably many prayers that I, um, other people that prayed for me along the way, but I really believe that Lisa and Jenny's faithful and committed prayers for me over those, that year and a half, um, really is what drew my heart to the Lord in this, in that, in that time. So it's really, really sweet. So my life's been changed ever since. And I'm so thankful. It was 20 years ago. Great. So yeah,
0: That's awesome. I mean, that's just an incredible story. So let's go back and talk about just your college years for a minute. as like a lot of the bulk of your testimony. Um, What do you think had your attention most? You've talked a little bit about it, but what do you think you were truly worshiping in that season? That's a
1: good question. What was I worshiping? I think that's probably mixed up into two answers. One is self, you know, like just self on the throne. Um, like what I wanted in the moment, what I craved in the moment. So, um, or, or even self being, um, like uh, a lot of that was based out of insecurity, you know, really, but I didn't know it. I thought I was totally secure and confident in who I was, but I was striving so hard to be who I wanted to portray, you know? And so I think self and then other people's opinions, it's what yeah. the world would say is um, best and not any truth, you know, any, any substantial truth to what was good or right or pure, you know.
0: Yeah, totally. I think that's something that women of all age struggle with, just other people's opinions. Haley and I were just talking about that, just like the fear of man and that impacting a lot of areas of your life. Uh, did you carry shame Uh, for a long time after having an abortion? Yeah, that's
1: a great question. You know, um, in my own heart, that moment at the cross, I knew I was forgiven. Like, my, my heart was truly made new in that moment. And so I knew with the Lord, I wasn't ashamed. Like, it wasn't something that I felt like when I looked at the Lord, I had this secret still from him. You know, like, there was just this real precious washing. But I didn't know how to ever talk about it I really didn't want people to know so it was actually through some really wise and really precious friends of mine that drew my heart out to really share what had gone on um you know I would I would from that point and you, you asked the question did I carry shame I would say yes um because you know in in the church in in youth groups or in different environments you know even college groups um there's sort of this like the idea of okay sex before marriage we we want to be pure we want to abstain like you know all these this conversation that sort of surrounds the church is purity and um and so i had like completely lost that years before even the abortion you know and so for me i didn't fit in anywhere in the church you know what i mean like in the conversation of the church i made i knew that that God had made me pure, but in conversation with people and the shame that I felt, I didn't even really know how to enter into the conversation that the church was having because I had been made pure only because of the blood of Jesus, and the, I would cling to His, his word about it. But the shame—it was sort of like I don't really even know how to break into this conversation or how to communicate what I've personally experienced. And so, one of the things that broke the shame off of me was. Um, or, or we're really a few friends that were wise enough and caring enough to make me, um, I mean, really, I had one specific friend that was like, I'm not leaving until you tell me the one thing that you're so afraid to say out loud. And I'm like, no, yeah, I'm not going to say it. You're going to have to sleep here because I'm not going to say it, you know, because in my mind I settled, Jesus forgave me. I'm fine. You know, but this person had enough wisdom to say, no, like once you say it, you'll know that you're fully known and you're fully loved, you know, and this person just kept a- affirming to me over and over, no matter what you say to me, I'm going to still love you just the way I do right now. And I might even love you more, you know, in those types of things. And so mm-hmm. finally, a good it was a great friend. And finally I said it out loud and, And that was exactly what happened. You know, it was like I was fully known and fully loved and I was free, you know, and that really opened up the door for me to be unafraid, you know, to say, you know what, when, when I'm fully known, I have nothing to hide. I don't have to fear anything. I don't have to fear anyone from my past or anyone from my present finding out something that, you know, I I just don't want anyone to be surprised about my character or who I am like, yep, that was a part of my past. It's not who I am now, you know, the blood of Jesus he does yeah. reach down to the pits you know and and save us out of all of it so
0: that's so good i think that with shame a lot of times with believers maybe it's that we understand that we are covered by the blood of jesus and that he sees us and that his love never changed in those moments for us but it's hard for us to forgive ourselves, maybe like we understand God's forgiveness for us, but maybe it's harder for us to forgive our own selves. Does that make sense, or did you feel any? Yeah, of that? you know, um,
1: I personally didn't feel that specifically, mainly because you know Paul talks about in First Timothy. Um, he says First Timothy one seventeen, but it's a but it says you know, but basically like I'm the worst of sinners. But but Christ died to display his unlimited patience me. Mm. And so when I read that early on in my walk with Jesus, I was like, that's me. Like, I get this guy. You know, <laughs> I get Paul. So I really <laughs> did feel like for myself, I knew myself deeply. I mean, I'd made some awful decisions and I had – I just – had really denied Christ over and over before I really started following Him, and so for me, I wasn't like self shaming as much, um, really, because I had fallen on my face so deeply. You know, it was kind of I was kind of one of those people that was so deep in a pit that I really mm-hmm. had nothing to prove. You know, that's what it felt like anyway in that season. So, but uh, but what you're talking about is sometimes when it feels like someone has a hard time forgiving themselves. You know, I think the further I've walked with God. Um, I do feel like I've picked some of that up along my walk. And so I think for those those of us and those women that have been raised in a church or, or raised in an environment where moral expectations have been met or, or when you really have made some morally really good decisions along the way I think that that kind of thing can really start tripping us up you know I mean like I said I've been walking with Jesus for 20 years now and so where the enemy comes in in shame and that way looks different than when I first came to the Lord and some of the sin that was in my past life you know really what it looks like And as a believer is where I think it's like, you should have known better. I should have been a better whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. And, and that's the voice of the enemy. The should have, should have, should have. That's never, that's never the voice of God. You know, if you look through the scriptures, there's never a, you should have done this. Um, so anyway, so I, I, I've recognized that and I don't, I don't want to pick that up in this season of my life either, you know, about anything, you know, just recognizing, yep, I'm still the worst of sinners, but Jesus displayed, he died so that he could display his unlimited patience towards me. Even now, not just 20 years ago, you know.
0: What would you say to the girl that feels like maybe she's made a 180 with Jesus, like you kind of did in college with choosing other things, popularity and status and drinking and partying somebody who maybe has known the Lord and is kind of turned the other direction and is choosing to worship other things or even people. I would just
1: say all of it is, the Bible really speaks to all of it. All of it is fleeting. It's a passing wind and what is important in that life, whatever is important that's not grounded and what God says is true will pass like the wind and there will be regret in the in the dust of it all there will be shame and fear and doubt. And so I I would just say that even in the, in the face of what looks enticing or what feels good in the moment, I would, I would almost want to like look that person in the eye and just say, it's not worth it. You know, Jesus is worth it. Like he really is worth all of our yeses, you know, all of our surrenders, he's worth it all. You know, he's so much better than whatever the thing that you're chasing after, you know, even, I mean, I I know so many moments. I mean, for me, my dance career was my career, but there's so many people that struggle with their career really being, So many women that are saying, you know, I really want to have this kind of business or, or even businesses or or ideas or education or even like family status, or there's just so many things that we can chase after that really are so minimal when, when we're looking at Jesus, you know, in light of eternity is really what we're talking about. You know, this life is a blip, a blip in time compared to forever. And so all of our yeses really matter to Jesus.
0: And we think that those things will ultimately satisfy us, and that's why we choose it, especially in today's culture, right? It's this instant gratification, take it and you will be satisfied, um, and it ends up leaving you emptier than you felt before. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yep. It's just crazy. It
1: and it's a temptation. Around every corner there's temptations there. You know, that's why we really have to be, you know, grounded in the word of God so that we can recognize when the temptations are leading us in the wrong direction, you know?
0: 100%. So um, how could you encourage girls in their 20s who maybe are still carrying shame from decisions they've made in the past? That's a great
1: question. You know, um, my encouragement would be, I think, two things. One is, just like I said, the word of God really does speak to that in ways that nothing else does. So I would say read Hosea. There's a, it's a really, really great book of redemption in the Bible. There's a book that's written about that story by Francine Rivers called, called Redeeming Love. Um,
0: it's one of my favorite <laughs> books
1: of all time. <laughs> it's so fun. I read so really on in my walk with Jesus. And it just meant the world me. I'm like, oh, what I'm believing is true. You know, this really is true. And it's a great yeah. book. And then I would really say, you know, some of the things that really do war for our attention in those places of shame are listening to what um, or choosing not to listen to what the world says. Well, I'll just say it that way. Yeah. Um, so, whether it's through music, social media, I mean, all the things that capture our thoughts and attentions and really train our thinking that is contrary to what the scriptures really say. Um, when I, what I would say to someone in their 20s carrying shame from decisions, I would say, like, bury yourself in that season, specific season, in the scriptures and worship music, in the church. And people that are truth tellers get around seasoned women, not necessarily that have the exact same life as you and have the same past Mm -hmm. as you Mm -hmm. get around women that have perspective that you don't, that love God, you know, that really love Jesus. Those things matter a lot.
0: Totally. So before this uh, podcast and just preparing for it, I was going back and I, I thought about revisiting just... When I journaled from UR, even back to those first years, and I could I could go on for a long time about just the prayers I wrote out to the Lord and just what He did in me. Um, but something that stuck out really, really big that first year of UR, and I wrote it down, as you said, I knew there was freedom, but I didn't want it. And that was huge for me in that season because I was stuck in some serious bondage and I was in that place I said you know I know there's freedom and I know who brings that freedom uh, and I know what it looks like to walk in it but I didn't want it I was choosing that sin and it's so interesting to me how the enemy just loved for me to stay in that place I mean he just loved that and and won in a lot of ways in that way Um, so what did the path to freedom look like for you? Or do you have anything that you, um, maybe want to add on to that for talking about being stuck in bondage and, um, choosing freedom? You know
1: what, the more I walk with Jesus, the more I see, um, how this is a lifelong journey, (laughs) you know, it's not a one moment thing. It's a lifelong journey, you know, as silly Mm -hmm. as it sounds, Mm -hmm. I, I, I almost compare it to like a a a healthy lifestyle, (laughs) you know, like, like, um, and, and I think what I mean by that is sometimes when we're sick, it's really, 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 really important to only give our bodies nutrients and medicine and whatever we need to do to give our bodies strength. Right. Mm -hmm. We can be free to live the life, our normal lives, you know, like it's just, or the life that that God's called us to. So, so putting that into the spiritual, terms. What I would say about freedom is when we're in like, where there's just where we recognize in our lives, like, man, I am bound up in this and I can't get free. Or I don't be actually, I prefer the sin that comforts me, that gives me whatever it is that's satisfying to me. I prefer that over real true freedom, over Jesus, over that. And so what I would say is what that's saying is literally like you know, I used to watch Biggest Loser a lot a few years ago, and, and yeah. I, would, <laughs> I would watch, like, after they'd lost all this weight, they would put back on, like, they would have to carry these weighted vests up a mountain, you know, up a hill to, like, this is how much you used to weigh, and they're like, oh, my goodness, how did I weigh this much? Like, how did I have to, how did I ever walk around my life living that way? And and it's like, that picture for me stands out so much when I think about freedom and walking with Jesus is we don't know the weight. We do not understand what we're carrying around until we're free and the freedom that we have to truly live and to truly like be like light and, and, and have the opportunities to do so many more things and so, and and experience life more fully than ever. We could even think while we're carrying around all the weight. Does that make sense? Like, that's so good it's just such a different picture and so what i would say to you is just like you would say to someone that's on a diet you know or someone that's like 100 pounds or 200 pounds overweight or whatever you would just say look at tomorrow tomorrow what can you choose tomorrow and how can you celebrate the victory of tomorrow don't think oh my goodness this is going to be forever you know and jesus honestly like some of the things I think we work up, like, this is going to take so long to get free, but with Christ, it's not weight loss. It's when when we <laughs> give our lives to Jesus, it's like freedom happens way sooner than weight loss, you know? It's like all this tasting, yeah. oh my goodness, this is what freedom feels like, or this is what really satisfying myself and truth and life feels like. And you crave it more, and you crave it more, and you crave it more. And it really is a lot faster process than we think when we're in the bondage, you know. So I just it's worth yeah. it. Take tomorrow first, and then the next day, and then the next day. And then before you know it, the the past life and the bondage, it's, like, disgusting to you. You don't even want it. You know, like, and when I say disgusting, it's like, oh, I don't want to eat that whatever donut, <laughs>
0: you know? Yeah. I will always want to eat donuts, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Don't get
1: me wrong. But you know what I mean, like there, there's just, like, you start craving that, uh, that's unique.
0: I love that analogy. That's so true. It's silly, but it's so true, right? Once it's off of you, you're like, why? Why was I ever that way? Why was I in that? But you know what, there's freedom now, and I'm going to walk right. in it. right, amen, amen. Yeah. So a few questions that I want to ask uh, every guest on my podcast is, one, what is one thing you wish you knew as a 20-something? Um,
1: one thing I wish I knew as a 20-something was...
0: You probably have 10, I do, right? I I'm like, but... one thing. Which... You could give one or two, <laughs> whatever you think is most important. Um, you know,
1: the most important thing I would say um to someone that's in your 20 something is you don't have to be in a hurry. And what I mean by that is um, you know, the Lord, He is so patient. He's you don't have to hurry to to like feel like you're a grown up. And and when I say that, I'm not minimizing that 20 somethings are full adults with incredible world changing ideas and carrying around so much. But I know as a 20-something-year-old, I really, it's like I was just so ready to take on life that, um, that I just, I, I missed just the process and, the, and just yeah. the process that I was in and enjoying like the Lord is going to take me where he wants me to go. And, uh, and I, can, I, can en- I can just slow down and enjoy the moments that I have and um, just not be in a hurry.
0: I think there's this expectation almost, or maybe it's just a cultural Um, expectation that 20 somethings have to go and do and you know go to Africa and live there for a year or start some crazy movement you know and I like that just it's like bloom where you're planted and water the grass where you're at right don't be in a hurry yeah because God has placed you where you are for a, a purpose I love that I love that, and that's something I have to remind myself all the time. So that is a really good one. for We us. haven't
1: landed yet, even in your thirties and your forties, you haven't landed. You know, it's we're this
0: exactly. It just is. Are there any resources uh, maybe you could put in our hands? Um, maybe just around shame and freedom from bondage, things yeah, like that. Yeah,
1: let's see. You know, I read a book way, I mean, this was uh, probably 1999. Oh, no, it was probably like 2002. I, I don't even know. I could probably look at the copyright of it. But um, <laughs> but it was a new book at the time, and it was called Kiss the Girls and Made Them Cry. And it was a Lisa Bevere book. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really incredible to the heart of women. And it was really God's heart for women um, to be totally free and totally to walk this life of um, – yeah, just not carrying around shame or or doubt or fear, you know, from the past. And then, of course, you always got to pull in Mama Beth Moore, And any of her Bible studies are incredible. Oh, yeah. And so I really loved Breaking Free.
0: <gasps> I did that do one. Do that one. Isn't it? Yeah, so good. Oh, it's just like, I mean,
1: I feel like we could probably do Breaking Free every five years and be like, oh, my goodness, I didn't know. You know, <laughs> it
0: was just so good. 100%. that. Oh, uh-huh.
1: Let's see, you know, and honestly, like I mentioned before, redeeming love, you know, those type of resources. And and I really do like I love any kind of music that is sort of like the kind of music that would that is centered around God's love for his church or his bride, you know, kind of the bride language Mm. of Christ that really does draw us out of shame. And, And it's like the Lord speaks over us purity and love and freedom and joy and lightness you know it's really great
0: and then uh what is refreshing you these days you know
1: these days i have a brian and i both we got rocking chairs (laughs) last year oh that's awesome i love sitting on a rocking chair in the mornings all of my my coffee and just sitting and breathing fresh air I love, we got a big fire pit around it too. And so I love in the evenings, even when it's not really that cold, you know, just to, you know, have, just kind of have the fire going and.
0: It's just all the aesthetic appeal of it. Yes. I, I mean,
1: there's something about it that I just absolutely love. That That's really refreshing to me. And this season with Littles, anything where I'm just sitting <laughs>
0: and it's quiet, it's really nice. It's really nice. It's a good moment. Yeah, those Especially when you have them all day, right? Those very few moments of Absolutely. rest. Yes. Thank you so much, Oh, Steph. my goodness.
1: This is my pleasure. I love this. I, I definitely will say I just love... 20 somethings
0: girls, you know,
1: women that are coming into it. I just, I am so excited. I really hope, I mean, like I said, I'll, I'll be 40 soon. And my, my hope is that just the, the areas where I've um, walked that the, this generation of 20 somethings can not just stand on my shoulders and my generation's shoulders, but sort of like leap off of our shoulders into the more that God has. And I'm excited to see what God wants to do in, in that generation. And um just so excited about what God's doing already just in you and this podcast I'm really excited about what God's going to do so thanks for having
0: me it's in. it's definitely like something the Lord has put on my heart of like this generation I feel like is is not often spoken to just because I feel like there's a lot of women who are are moms and are married and I 100% think I'm going to need my moms and my people with kids around me, uh, people that are married when I'm in that phase of life, you know, and that's going to be super helpful. But also for my friends and the people around me in my community, it's like, okay, we need mentorship and discipleship. And that's something that I think is just so huge to be able to draw near to the Lord obviously he can draw near if we draw near to him but um in the in and outs of life being able to be mentored and discipled I think is super important so I'm excited for what he's going to do in this podcast and I'm so excited that you are going to kind of lead the way with me in that um so thank you so much for our conversation Appreciate it. it's been a delight thank you so much. Wow, isn't Steph incredible? I love her story and how the Lord captured her heart in college. I challenge you to consider what you are chasing after. What exactly are you striving for? Like Steph said, it is all fleeting and Jesus is worth it. Thanks for tuning in. Go like us on Insta at Water With Lemon Podcast and leave a rating if you loved our chat. Stay fresh.